Welcome to the Unilabs interview show. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Matthew Whiteside, as always, joined by the lovely Arian Skiba. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? <sighs> I'm doing really good, too. That's every writer's idea. dream. As long as you yeah. get the day. It's, it's amazing. I, sometimes I just got to scream to let out the let out the stuff inside, you know? Yeah, I, I get very frustrated, and I'm just like, Why? <laughs> my sisters argue with yeah, me all yeah. the time, so I'm always arguing with someone in my mind. Really? Yep. There must be a lot of turmoil going eh, on. Until I started writing, and then they're like, okay, you're telling our story, but do it right, because <laughs> you're the only one we've bothered. That's you're right. They're, they're like little monsters in there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Do you subscribe to listen to the voices in your head? So you get in the flow when you write? Yeah, I get in the flow. I have to listen to music. Uh, I listen to, like, Screamo. It helps me get into it. It's like real intense. Sometimes, Screamer. yeah, screamer. I got. I was like, I went through a grunge phase in uh, high school, so like, I got into all of that, and I still love it. What is your favorite? Uh, uh, what, what's it called? The screamo music. Screamo, yeah. Can you give me a lyric? Oh my god, a lot of it's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> this is the this is the internet. <laughs> yeah that's true um i mean yeah, i could give you band names i'm really bad with like lyrics unless the music's flowing is Kinda it like, is it like loud loud screaming usually, music yeah good for fight scenes really good for fight scenes yeah it's like get you pumped up and it's like battle music yeah i'm like listen, okay so yeah. you have a ton going on you're tell everybody where you are right now so uh, I'm a second year veterinary student. Uh, I have two more years left. It's a four year program. So this is a graduate degree. So not only am I working on uh, a graduate degree, I'll be a doctor after this. Um, <laughs> I'm also editing. Uh, I'm starting an editing business for other writers. Um, and you can you follow me work. and find me. Excuse me, what'd you say? You do good work too. With Thank editing. you. Yeah, I'm editing you. And hopefully <laughs> you get me your manuscript, the whole thing. It'll be wonderful. Um, and I do that. It's so much fun. Uh, it's really what relaxes me because vet school is extremely stressful. So yeah. on the side, I can edit. And um, I also write. Uh, I have a debut, yeah, debut novel uh, in the mix. Uh, it's my first one. It's 110,000 uh, words. So it's wow. kind of big. Um, I'm trying to cut it down a little bit. Uh, but an agent wants a full manuscript request. I was like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, cut it down Ooh. to 100,000. I'm like, okay, I'll get on it. And I did. I like. I'm cutting it down. It was 120 when, when I met him. When did you uh, find out or hear back from an agent? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, this is recent. Um, what I really like promoting. Thank you. I I love. Oh, you gonna can't celebrate? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> can't celebrate it until they say hi, because like I'm I'm traditionally publishing, obviously. Um, but yeah, so I really really want to. Um, impress um the agent so i met him this summer i went to a conference and at conferences you can learn about things this is my second conference they kind of um teach you about like writing and all sorts of things well my my editor for my book uh was doing the speaking and i was like let me come stalk you and meet you because i've never met him and he's like that's perfect so i went and met him and i also uh uh pitched to a few agents and one was like i like your style girl um, I accidentally creeped on him in the, I didn't mean to, I kept running into him accidentally <laughs> at the conference. I'm like, God, I'm querying this guy. I do not want him to like think I'm stalking him because I kept running into him. Finally, we got stuck in an elevator together and I was like quietly in the corner. He's like, are you a writer? I'm like, 
you'll see me later today. He's like, <laughs> all right, elevator girl. And he, he asked for my uh, full uh, request. He's like, hey, I like your style. You're really funny, um, really cool. So uh, elevator girl, I want to hear from you. Give me your whole book. And I'm like, that's right. That is freaking awesome. Yeah, he wanted me to grow my uh, Twitter. He, I only had uh, like 46 people at the beginning of January. And so I started offering editing to people and doing things for the writing community. And I, I really bolstered up to them. Uh, I think 3,200 now. So I was all excited. I'm like, oh my God. 64. Yeah, 3,264. Thank you. So I'm hoping I impress the agent because he's like, oh, yeah, once you get into the few thousands, it's it, 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 you start having a, a hold. So I was like, I made it. Yeah, it's really important now for authors to have a, a social media presence, like a positive social media presence. Not like, not like one of those, because I, I see a lot of people out there who think any kind of social media presence is, is, is okay. If yeah. you're out there just like bashing stuff like constantly and, and it's, they don't want to see you like bashing publishers. They don't want to see you bashing agents. Like, and, and I feel like that should be self-explanatory, right? It really should be, yeah. Like, let's use her. Our brain. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the same thing for vet school. Um, if you had uh, inappropriate things on your Facebook, or even um, I heard a horror story from my actual admissions office that said the girl was perfectly fine, but her boyfriend was like bad, and they rejected her because of her boyfriend. It's really oh important God. what your presence looks like. Yeah, so I, I barely I don't post on Facebook. I don't do much um, other than now with my Twitter, I'm promoting that side, which is completely separate from my professional side. I know it's it's interesting talking to you because you're much higher energy than I thought you would be, honestly, because like on Twitter, yeah. and I guess you can't really judge by Twitter, but like I feel like if people only knew me through my Twitter, they'd know I'd be a freakazoid, like, <laughs> because I'm constantly like, hey, look at me, look at me. <laughs> yeah. What's like, up, everybody? Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with you, it's, you seem very composed and like, you know, oh, thank well, you. well put together, which is great. Nice, nice job. <laughs> thank you so much. I really want to like keep it like uh, really concise. Um, one thing that I love doing, I just bought a few writers books who's who are actually published because a lot of my services go out to people who are are unpublished like you. And uh -huh. well, your last one, at least one we're working on. Um uh -huh. But I bought other people's books and I physically have their copies and like, I don't know, it just I impressed me and it felt warm and I'm going to post a picture later with uh, all of them. I bought five of them, but it was incredible and everybody was so grateful and I'm like, I want to help you guys. Like, I want to support you and I want to like show that this is amazing what you're doing. I think it's so important to support one another because this can't, and I've talked to other writers, this can be a very lonely journey if we allow it to be, but it doesn't have to be, right? Like. Yeah. And, and I'm finding that through Twitter, obviously, this is this has all come about because of the writing community on Twitter, that we don't have to do this thing alone. You know? Yeah, we really don't. And we can be so much better. Like the, the group of people that I've interviewed so far have been helping one another, too. Like that's the whole idea, like a group collective of let's all help each other put out our best work. Like, how are you querying? How are you how are you editing? Like, what are you using for this or that? Like, what what routes are you going because I feel like there's there's plenty of success for each and every one of us. Yeah. Like there's, no, there's there's not like a limited amount out there that only a few of us are gonna get. Like I, I believe that I think we can all kind of reach a, a certain level of success if we want to. And I think success looks different for each person, right? So yeah. what, what what is your level of success? Like what are you, what is your goal shooting for? My goal is to uh, it started out. Um, 
when I started writing, I started writing as a kid. And uh, these, these characters bothered me as a kid. They started out as spiders. Um, and then they turned into humans. And then they're, they have dragons with them, obviously, because I'm the dragon vet. Um, so... Well, wait, wait, you said which characters bothered you as a kid? Uh, my main characters. Yeah, my main characters really bothered me. And, and then it started slowly creeping in that the antagonist was kind of gnawing at the back of my head. When I was um, in high school, he started kind of coming up and saying, hey, you really need to start practicing. You need to start writing because... Uh, my first draft was god-awful. But um, really, my goal is to have people read their story. I, I truly believe that uh, they are uh, real to me. They they I always tell um, my fiancé that uh, this is a story that's coming from a different reality. And I'm listening to it, and I'm telling it. And I'm the only one who could tell it because I'm listening to it. Obviously, um, that's a little fun that I have. But my goal is to be like, I want people to see them. Yeah, no, I, I, that's something I truly believe that as well. I think that there's all kinds of, <laughs> sound crazy, but I think there's all kinds of different frequencies that we can tap into. Yeah, I was like, I'm getting I, bothered by something. I mentioned this to another writer on an interview is like that we're all tuned it, just a little bit differently to hear or pick up something just a little bit different. And we all have that story inside of us. I say it's like we're all encoded with a best selling book inside of us. It's just kind of our job to tap into it every once in a while. and. And try and let it out as much as possible. Yeah. That's and really one cool. thing, yeah, it is really, really interesting. And one of the biggest problems that we as writers go through is the formatting and, and getting uh, agents to represent us because we have to go through a lot of hoops um, yeah. to really refine our novels in a sense that when an agent opens up the first um, page of it, they don't just go at eh, red flag and throw it. You yeah. need to catch interest, you know, got to avoid cliches. So that's kind of what I help in, um, in, in editing, too. I'll point out something like, hey, you know, don't start a book at all ever in a dream because it's a cliche. And so agents are like, oh, it's another dream. Throw. Really? So, I was I had this idea to write a, a letter to an agent basically where I was, like, reading their mind in a way, like, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I'm like talking to them, but it's it's risky too because if they're not thinking that, they're gonna be like, "This guy's not someone." Well, and one thing. Plus, that, I don't think people want to like have me tell them what to think. Well, well, really good writers can get you to think in a way that at the end of the book, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like it's magic. You like you thought this was happening and it happened or something. Or when you read it, you like, I don't know, you get really involved, and that's kind of, kind of the magic of it. Well, that's but, the. When I wrote, when I when I sent you the first the prologue of my book, that's kind of what I did. Like I, I'm kind of psychic, you know, that whole idea. Like I feel like I do have. It's it's like a a gift of. It's not even like reading people's minds. It's basically like putting an idea there, and then knowing now that they're thinking about it because you impress it upon them. Yeah, I've seen magicians do stuff like that that yeah. really impressed me. Like they get your mind and they ask you questions, and then all at the very end, they're like, "You're thinking of an." orange kangaroo in kansas and you're like oh my god i am yeah. and it's magic yeah. it, it's really cool and i i, I kind of want to well, learn that or mind freaks yeah to... mind freaks i love chris i went to vegas i i love i, I saw chris him angel? twice yeah i saw chris angel and i got pulled up on stage so what? yeah what they... yep, yep. i uh, had to hold a hand of a woman who got sawed in half but okay. it was that great horrifying yeah it was it was wonderful um you're a sick person <laughs> listen i'm a vet student we cut things open for fun and for a living okay 
I'm glad you brought this up because I told you before uh, we started recording, I used to be a personal trainer and I trained a lady who was a horse vet. Now, she told me some crazy stories about veterinary school. And one of them that has stuck with me to this day is that on graduation, what they would do is they would cut cut open a horse like it was a dead horse. All right. They yeah. cut it open. They would get you drunk at a party, drug you, put you inside the horse and then sew it back up. Oh, my God. Okay, well, that would definitely not be allowed at all, like, in this era, okay? Straight up would be involved, like, if it was, like, way back then. Yeah, you could do whatever you want back then, but, like, they are so strict. Oh, God, that sounds terrifying. You know what? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it sounds horrible. <laughs> you know, I don't think you can – I mean, you'd have to That's go and get one out of you know. Well, we do, um, we, it's very rarely, but like we get corpses, we get cadavers and we do cut them open, but like to put people inside, I really don't think they'd be able to get like an 11 pound, a hundred pound horse in somewhere where they could just throw a human in. I mean, it could, but that'd be some really, really, that sounds like hazing more than graduation. Well, I guess it's like they're welcoming into, uh, the world of being a vet, right? It's like yeah. being... Being You're going to be born. Yeah, be born a vet. You're going to be a doctor. You come out of a horse. Um, so uh, all, your, all your, you're talking about your main characters being dragons, right? What's, they, what, they have dragons inside them, yeah. The main characters have dragons inside of them. Yeah, they're human. So they're like personas almost. They're like ghosts. They're like possessed, kind of like a demon. If a demon comes and holds possession over you, that's, that's the relationship. Are they good demons or bad demons? Uh, some are good, some are bad, like always. You gotta have some good, you gotta have some bad that are nuts and fun and crazy to write. I talk about being possessed a lot when writing, like, honestly, like, I think there's, and I think we get in this, there different states where we become possessed by ideas and yeah. um, sets. You, you know, wake up with an idea, yeah. it just comes to you. I mean, I had writer's block for the longest time, um, and then, like, on a walk, I had an idea, and I was like, oh my god, and I started writing this idea, and my fiance was like, I lost you for like four hours. You came in, weren't talking, and you went straight to your computer and said nothing. He's like, I tried talking to you. You didn't. You had your headphones on. I'm like, yeah, it was probably blaring some really loud music. And I got like, I got out of the slump. And I'm like, that's you know, just happens. Yeah, it's and it's a real life thing. I mean, it's it's so it's crazy when it happens because it's. I mean, I can't even necessarily put words to it, but it is like possession almost of something yeah. outside of ourselves. And it's like it's like that flow state. It's what? I watch a lot of ghost movies, too, so I get, like, paranoid if I see, like, a shadow <laughs> on the wall at night. I'm like, please, God, I can't. Have, I can't have you die. ever had that experience? Have you ever had that experience where you're, like, in between sleep and uh, waking and you can't move? And, yeah. like, you, and you've, like, you're freaking out. You know what I'm talking about? And it's, like, yeah. it's terrifying. And it you is feel like the shadows yeah. and people around you. I had, but, I had Really I think that's real, though. I think there are, like, things around you all the time. It's just we don't – we can't tap into it all the time. You ever watch Ghost Adventures? No, I'm terrified. I'm I'm such a scary <laughs> cat. Ghost Adventures is hilarious. They're, they're no. really funny dudes. I, 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 me and my dad, we, we watch ghost shows together. We watch alien shows together. I mean, my name's Arian, but people call me alien, like, in the mail and other things. So I'm like, <laughs> I knew I was different, so yeah. now I'm an alien. Um, but I believe in all of that. I mean, if you think about it, uh, it we can't be the only ones. There's so much out there. So it's just like, 
I always tell people, if you go and lick Mars, are you going to get sick? There's probably bacteria on there that's alien. You get sick. And I'm like, foreign. I also look at it as like back in, you know, the 1300s, we didn't know that North America or whenever, yeah, like North America was around and it was alien to us then, right? Until we we had um, transportation to get there. And then once we did, we we find life. It's like, oh my God aliens or whatever the world isn't flat right the world's not flat it's round it's like i think the more we learn the more we evolve we'll, we'll be able to have transportation and ways to get out there and again like i said i think too it's not just about like life forms of our makeup but there's life forms out there that we just don't have the technology to perceive Part of my my story is is conversations get crazy. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. I, I I enjoy this stuff. My dad and I go. We we bond over it. But yeah, no, I I I kind of like. I had a really awesome mentor in undergrad, and like he he did a lot for me, and he was really mind opening in a lot of aspects of life and how like um, I always said um, you know heliocentrism um, where we thought the sun revolved around us. Uh, oh, and then I was like, it's kind of moved on to now we think the universe revolves around us and it really doesn't. It's pretty big. It's pretty expansive. I'm sure there's a lot out there. And, um, like I said, one of, I have a creation myth in my story that involves that and kind of digress and gets into it and, and digests it a little bit. I, I put a lot of my, um, uh, biological and like scientific background into my book to kind of like get ideas going, um, just yeah. to like. Not only teach people about some things, but like kind of just open eyes and say, like, you know, we might not be alone and we might be doing stuff. Might be dragons. There might be dragons, yeah. There might be all kinds of stuff that we don't know about. It's cool because, I mean, I do the same thing, uh, not on as genius a level as you, because you actually have schooling for it, I'm sure. But I I talked to an astrophysicist yesterday uh, during an interview. Um, he's also an author, but he was, uh, he was, we were, ta- we were having conversations about the universe and, and in my last book, I have, a my theory about how the universe was created as well, but it's, it's, it's in like a poetic form That's pretty um, because I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> like, I feel like I have to know math to know how the universe works and I have no yeah. idea. How math, I don't know how math works. I know, <laughs> I know how words you work. You need to know how math works. Yeah. It, universe is math. They think we're a bunch yeah. of zeros and ones. It's math and music, right? Well, music it's is math, music. too. Yeah. Universe means one note. Yeah. You know what? I'm so intrigued about, like, like physics and the space. Like, talking to an astrophysicist, I'd be like, all right, tell me all no, the details. No, I was like, I didn't want to talk about anything else. <laughs> I was like, Me okay, too. I get talk- so excited about that. I get, like, really into it. I'm like, oh, that's, like, black holes scare me. And we got, like, supermassive black holes at the center of our galaxy. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, Ways, I, I believe, all sorts I, of weird things. I I black holes are like I think we I think um, like we are gal or universes unto ourselves, and like black holes are like eyes looking out, right? So like black holes are projectors, right? But we're seeing the the out the inside of the black hole, and on the other side, because black holes take in everything, they're projecting a whole other universe, like we do in our minds. Like I come up with an idea and an imagination. And I project it out to the to my perception. Right, it, yeah. So I just blew your mind. <laughs> no, I mean like it's equivalent to uh, we obviously we have like a microbiome too on our skin and everything. One yeah. of the coolest things that I learned in school was that if we were all to just suddenly disappear, there would be outlines of everything in our micro uh, a film 
of our bacteria, our flora, everything else. If all our cells were gone, it would just be an outline of us. And it is so incredibly fascinating. That's a universe all in itself. What, just like in the atmosphere? They would left like a... On us. We have bacteria on us. Everything has bacteria on it. So, yeah, if everything right. were to disappear, the outline of the micro, like the, the microbiology of it kind of like just everything's left and it's just outlined. It's so cool. Incredible. I love micro. I like, and I know how to kill bacteria too because that that kills animals a lot. Yeah, the bacteria. How do you kill bacteria? Alcohol, uh, right? Antibiotics. Well, Antibiotic. if you're treating, if like it's an infection, you could treat it with antibiotics. You can uh, like sanitize a wound with alcohol and stuff. Just pour some beer on it. Uh, I wonder what's the, what's the name of your book? We haven't even. Well, I haven't really released that yet to really anybody but my editor. I want to keep it as low-key as uh, possible. I don't want to, like, jinx anything. <laughs> I had a... <laughs> we had a... Uh, we had an offer with, on... Okay, go ahead. It was originally uh, a necessary evil. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So then I was like, oh, okay, then I'll work with it. So that that's kind of um, what it originally was, but it's no longer that. Do you get worried that people will steal your uh, story ideas? Um, I was told never to worry about that. I actually spoke with an author uh, about like being nervous about sharing material, and he's like, "That is so unlikely for people to steal at work, and especially if you know you read you met the writing community just as much as I. People post stuff all the time, are so yeah. supportive, and uh, I'm reading people's works, you know, and I, and I love it. It's just it's so fascinating. You're not, you know, these people are trying to do good for their own work as well as respect what you're doing too they're not going to take it at least well, in think, my well yeah i agree with that too but i also think it's like you can steal somebody's idea but it's not going to come out the same like yeah. we all, all have that different voice like what, what my idea of, of the universe is is different uh, somewhat different than whatever your idea is and an astrophysicist <laughs> yeah and then it's He's exactly the just, idea of the universe I tell you that right now and there's so many different ways to look at it that it's like and this was one of the things that I uh, had to get over for a while, too, because sharing my work with people at first, I was like, what if they take my great ideas? And this is another <laughs> like every writer thinks they have the best idea. And then we also hate ourselves. It's wonderful. Yeah, it but is. This is garbage. Oh, my God. If I could just say a little bit about what you had sent me for like your your edit, I was cracking up over like this is garbage. Like he was like saying that this is garbage. He like wrote. And he was like, I wrote the worst pile of garbage in my life as a writer, too. I was busting out laughing because I will write, I'll like agonize over a sentence. And I'll be like, this is garbage. Like, this is, this is horrible. Like, no, I can't write. I'm not a writer. I'm not going to be anything. Oh, my God. So I see. I'm hoping so much that that, that story uh, that I just started working back on again is it really touches other, like, it really gets to other writers and it captures the voice of that, like, narcissistic not narcissistic but like um what is the word i'm looking for uh it starts at the end but like that feeling of like i can't i can't do anything right kind of yeah. thing and it's just like that intended. overwhelming what is it pun intended i can't do anything right uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i do that all the time <laughs> like for everything i capture that voice though and i'm hoping i'm glad you i'm glad you enjoyed it because i had to just i just scrubbed 4200 words from the direction I was going. Yeah. And Sometimes you have to. Yeah. This is the first time for me though, because I, I write completely by the seat of my pants and just like, well, figure itself out. 
Well, I can help correct you. It'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a journey together. I'll put all my notes in. You know me. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Do it. Uh, what, um, so you do this. You do this for uh, Heroic Fantasy Quarterly magazine yeah. as well. Yeah, we were like a, a a sword and shield kind of guy. We like the fantasy and everything else, and it has something. It has to have something wicked going on and going on fast. So when you read in, you're just kind of thrown into the story. And it's all online. Yes, it's online. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for? I've actually just been doing it. I think since the summer. I contacted them. And I'm like, hey guys, do you need like help editing stuff? I want to help. I'm bored. <laughs> I, like, emailed, I have enough to do. <laughs> um, I don't have anything to do. I had a summer vacation. I was bored. Except this summer, I got to do externships. So, woo, that's fun. I get to go and uh, practice medicine. But last summer, I was like, I'm bored. I want to do something. And my my editor for my book um, was like, when I when I went to the conference, he's like, reach out to magazines, see if they need help doing anything. Sometimes they'll bite back in one but like one one bit. And I was like, oh cool i can help you guys and <laughs> i even edited the editor the the main editor who who is part of the magazine he's like can you read this and i was like yes i can and it was awesome <laughs> and like he saw me as a peer and i was like this is amazing and so i've been editing for a while there we you just go through a bunch of submissions and i say what i like and then i help writers kind of figure out what how can fix the story how in the world do you have any time in your day to do all of this stuff. Do not understand. Okay. I know, but people it, do it, way it, more it, than me. Who? Other vet students. They are in like everything, and I'm like, oh my god, guys! I could only like do a little bit at a time. Well, this has always blown my mind. I have a a, a friend that I went to college with, um, who is an orthopedic surgeon. Now he was one of these type of guys that could just like would he would have his hands on everything and he would do everything really well and he would do everything extremely structured and extremely focused and i've got like <laughs> i'm just like spinning plates in the bathroom like breaking stuff <laughs> like, I think, listen, i'm a clumsy person too some people are really and, and surgeons are one of them they're very meticulous in order because you have to um when you're you're dealing with a live patient so, <laughs> literally what they taught us was don't nick anything that has a name that's, that's but if you do you go there i meant to do that yeah you didn't need it we'll just we'll just sew something else to it clamp it shut and in the science behind it they're like oh if it's a small vessel you can just crush it and it'll be fine and i'm like all right cool this is why i don't well, i get to do my first spay i get to do my first spay what did you say this is why I stay away from doctors. <laughs> yeah, doctors are wonderful. I love my doctor. And I love my veterinarian, too. I my, I have two horrible German Shepherd puppies. Well, they just turned one. Um, and we have a, a, an amazing vet. And she's like, oh, you guys will be out soon enough. You'll be doing this to them. We don't have to, like, worry about it. I'm like, but I like you. <laughs> I, helped, I helped spay and neuter them. Um, and we also uh, sutured their stomach to the side of their wall, uh, chest wall. Because German shepherds get bloat, and they if they get bloat, they die. Well, oh my mostly. gosh, this happened to my golden retriever after yeah. eleven years. We he, we sent him to the vet because we were away for the weekend. We come back and his stomach flipped. Yep. And that yep. was it. It was the saddest thing. Like still, like it, it sucks. I had no okay. idea that was a thing though. Like, like 
German Shepherds, same way. German Shepherds, big V-chested dogs. And I'm like, as soon as I get out, because I I do want to practice laboratory medicine where I'm going to help researchers do like medicine and things like that, like learn how to make new pharmaceuticals. But I am going to have to get um, practice in a small shelter or small like clinic or shelter. But as soon as I get people who come in with big V-chested dogs, I'm like, you know about bloat because I did it. And we lost a German Shepherd to bloat and it was horrible. Um, Should I get my stomach stapled? I'm pretty big. I'm pretty (laughs) V-chested. No. The worst that that can happen to us is our stomach can go through our diaphragm. That's like the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, there's a lot that can go wrong. Yeah. I actually have a friend who had that happen. Don't worry. Surgery will fix it. You're fine. Why would it do that? Uh, There's a hole in your diaphragm. And your stomach's like, I could go in that. So it goes in that. And... (laughs) Your body does it. Listen, you don't want to be a horse either. It's a curious, such a curious thing the stomach it is. Well, the body is. Everything yeah. can kill you. And if it doesn't kill you, you're going to die of cancer. That's how it goes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If you live long enough, if you're lucky enough. Well, well yeah, because the, the cells are going to mutate to a point where they just start run on top of themselves, right? They, um, when they're replicating, they get sticky when they're older. So when they uh, are older and they start separating and dividing they divide wrong and then one cell's like i'm a cancer cell let me divide and get everybody else have issues so and then it starts infecting and then it goes other places in the body and you're like i'm dying i've so, never seen somebody talk about cancer in such a way with so much joy <laughs> yeah listen i actually i like oncology if i i probably would do a little bit a dabble in that i like the heart too vet students and like med students we are very weird people that are so okay with like everything that happens with disease well Let's yeah talk- that's it is it's a completely unique perspective on on reality i think the yeah. way you all look at things but it's amazing to see because you remind me of my friend who's an orthopedic surgeon the energy level the the clarity of what you're doing the kind of things you're doing and the way you talk about diseases bacteria like all that kind of stuff like it lights you up i can see yes, that it's, it's exciting to you and that's yeah it's fascinating. It's I've always, I saw 101 Dalmatians as a kid, and I was like, I'm gonna be a vet, and I didn't stop. I went straight. I went, you know, academia. I went from, you know, elementary to high school to college, and then I was like, I'm getting into vet school, and I did. And I'm like, I'm here now. Uh, so it's kind of when you have a passion, Wait, go after it. So, you, but you also had a passion for writing. So the passion yeah. for, or was it more just the voices inside your head telling you to write, or I'll kill you, kind of deal? <laughs> I'm going to let you sleep at night is what they said. Um, You know, the passion for writing came probably around when I was like 10 or 12. um, When I started kind of getting a little older, when the characters started like talking to me, talking to me like, hey, you know, we have a story I'd like to tell you. And it would like fascinate me. Um, But yeah, vet med was my first love. And then writing became a really strong passion, um, especially when I got the ability to write. When I thought I got the ability to write and it was garbage. Um, and then I had to redo it. I redid my entire freaking, yeah, I did my entire novel over again um, multiple times uh, because you learn. You learn as you go. You you write first in cliches. You write first with a little 18-year-old brain. And then finally your brain's like, no, I'm older now. I can help you. Uh, you know, you've been through some classes, you know, different things. And also you get horrible, horrible, horrible feedback from people. Um, that kind of really defeat you, but you got to build up off that. A lot of people quit. A lot of people quit. And I always tell you, anybody who is 
deterred about their writing, I go, it's the stubborn ones that make it. People tell us all the time, we're not capable. I was told I was not capable to get into vet school. I was not smart enough by a vet. And, and I'm like, I am going to go in there with my doctorate and be like, look at this. I am a vet now. When I graduate in 2021, I'll be like, I am a doctor. And you told me I couldn't. People tell you all the time you can't. You can go, how about them apples? Yeah. How, and you stick it right on the forehead. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and it's hard. It's really hard when people tell you you're not valuable. Your writing's not, writing's not valuable. Your career, you're not going to do it. You're the only ones who could tell you that. For con- I know for, I'm constantly looking for validation from anybody to be like, is what I did good? Is what I did good? Because I'm like, because if it's not, I'm going to stop. I can't keep doing this. Oh my <laughs> I, God. To- I, I 100% get you. Um, because whenever someone, especially you're writing, because I consider like writing my baby and you hold up your baby and you're like, look in my baby. And you're so afraid of people going, Oh, it's ugly. And you're just like, pull it down. You know, you don't want that to happen, but you need criticism. And, and, and it's, it's, I take criticism way better with writing than I do in like vet med. Uh, whenever I have to like do something else in vet med, I'm like, listen, I'm perfect. You don't need to like tell me anything i'm perfect i'm like why do i like that i'm i take criticism all the time for my writing but right just we're type a personalities so it's kind of like you really want to get into it i suppose (laughs) (laughs) like when i was hoping when you when you sent back the the um, prologue that you did for me that you were going to be like this is the most amazing thing i've ever read in my life always want that you but when you did it and i was like I never want to talk to her again. <laughs> no, I'm not, I gave you like I, I was pointing things out. I was like, listen, you gotta. No, you gotta- the, yeah, the uh, the the critiques were fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely awesome. It's, sure. it's things that I've learned um, both from school and from editing and uh, and from my editor. He taught me a lot. I love him. His name's Brian Clems. He's amazing. Um, and so you kind of just develop and it's really hard to like when you get your first draft a lot of agencies you'll read on their website they'll go great you've completed your novel now calm down rewrite it and get it back to us next year and i'm like (laughs) yeah it's 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 a long process like if you get an agent it takes at least a year to get a publisher if you get a publisher and it's just a long process and you got to be patient you got to be stubborn i always say just be most stubborn well, I think that's the self-publishing route has been. I mean, there's obviously there's tons of reasons why self-publishing has been so popular. But I know one one of the things that it was for me was a tool to change my perception of myself. Yes, completely. Like I needed the the because I was not in a place if I were to spend a whole year trying to get rejected over and over again for writing because I had been told my entire life I was stupid not good enough you'll never like you know put in special special needs classes and all kinds of stuff like that and so it was like for me it it had to have been done the way it was to just believe that i could put something out there that was of any quality whatsoever you know and i think it's an amazing tool for that purpose it really Uh, is but there's a lot of a lot of pros and cons to both traditional and self self publishing i've heard of stories where they blow up and they yeah. and they are they are fantastic off it and i've also heard where it's they, it's gone nowhere and then they try to get traditional publishing after they self publish in their book tanks then no agent's going to represent you 
Well, the big thing I, I'm seeing now with self-publishing is the idea of write 20 books as fast as you can. And honestly, God, once you write 20 books, you'll be making $50,000 a year writing. That's the that's the idea that's being pushed out there. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's multiple communities about it. Um, but I think it what the issue with it is, and I'm, I'm learning this, is it takes away from the, the quality of what's going to be what's yeah, when you out do. there. So people are like, well, and then they give, they look at self-publishing and they're like, it's just a crapshoot, you know, you know like they're obviously not, they're just pushing as much work out there as fast as possible. And obviously I did mine and I can't talk cause I did the, my, I did my book in three weeks. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You're one of those uh, binge writers where you could spit out a lot of words in a, in a sitting. Yeah, I, I do. I time myself. So I, I do my work. I do my work like workouts. So I, I give myself a 30 minute window. Seriously, like I'm doing a CrossFit workout almost. And I I just have an idea in my mind and I write as much as possible on that idea for 30 minutes. And I can usually get out a, a thousand or a couple thousand words. Yeah. Um, um, but it's not always good, you know. <laughs> it's, and, and that's what like revision is. That's what uh, having a fresh pair of eyes on it is like what I've noticed. And um, one of my favorite tools, uh, do you have Word, like Microsoft Word? They have yeah. read aloud function where it yes. reads it to you. And I found oh, okay. so many missing words where I was like, the word was totally there when I read it. And yeah. and, and like you miss that. And that, that's a red flag to agents having grammatical errors and, and missing words. You just look so unprofessional. I had one um agent on a panel of agents going over um first pages and there was a space after a period too many and they were like you need to revise this and they stopped reading the first page and i was like oh, oh my gosh <laughs> that's Hardcore. that's and it's it's really that serious i mean agents are getting there's so many different there's so many writers out there they can't spend time on the it, ones it, yeah yeah, it's just incredible the amount of because everybody wants to write. You know, everybody there's a lot, a lot of people out there, and I always, I always want people to really make sure that when they are sending it to an agent, that it is the most polished thing that you've done. You've looked over it and you've went through it. You've rewritten it. You've thrown it away. You rewrite it again, and it's perfect. You're like, all right. Still hate it, but it's gonna go. <laughs> Still sucks, but I guess I'll put it out there. I really, honestly, don't think we truly love our work until until it hits until you go that's the story that needs to be told yeah yeah my antagonist started out as an evil guy like super evil doing evil things not that anymore yeah yeah so it's like it's just, they, it just they really end up changes. writing themselves almost that same thing happened to me in my yeah. life in my book it my my the guy who i planned on being the evil character turned out to be like the father figure that's was awesome. like yeah, it was just like, well, I guess he's very, I guess well, I he's guess I'll have to do that. They do. <laughs> our, characters really do stand up and say, hey, listen to me. I'm not going to do that. And that's very important to making fluid characters that do develop and that never break character. You always want your character to be the guy who he is on the inside or who she is on the inside. And then if, when they break character, you're kind of like, that's not good. It, they would never that's do good. that. And you know they would never do that. Right, right. So yeah, you, there's there's the difference between de a character's development and a character completely going off course. Yep, just like, because of convenience. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that's a lot of things that I look at too. I mean, there's a lot to look at in a story, 
and um, we like not only just structure, formatting, grammar, there are plots. You need to make sure that there's no holes. You need to make sure that it makes sense and that your character is learning something and that the audience isn't frustrated with you. Um, you don't want your, you do not want your main character to be the audience. You want your main character to be in the world and understanding things. You don't want to explain things. You want to show things. So one yeah. of the biggest, biggest uh, writing errors is telling rather than showing. Yeah, telling that showing. Um, so much, so much stuff. Wow. Uh, the I, I'm interested in your process and your writing process. How how often do you, or how much time do you spend a day writing? A week or what? Like, how do you how do you go about your whole writing process? Do you it's, write daily? Uh, I try to. If I don't write daily, I'm editing. Um, I I get in when I can after I study. Uh, kind of what vet school likes to do to you is throw like a hundred things at you and sees what sticks. Most of it falls off, but they're like, all right, have fun with that, and uh, let's have a test every two weeks. And yeah, it's only sixty questions, so you could fail that easy. And uh, so after I go through and learn, I mean, last my first exam, I had a hundred and like twenty pages of notes um, to study, and it was it was a lot. So after I do that, because I have to watch lecture, I have to go to lab, I have to you know read and study and actually choke down this information. Um, the little time that I get is late at night, and yeah, I yeah. edit. I I I do Twitter. Or, uh, or I, I do write. I haven't touched my manuscript in a while because um, my editor's working on the last eight chapters um, to polish it. And uh, after that, uh, I'm going to send it off to the agent that wants to fold, uh, which is exciting. But Very exciting. Yeah, so I'm hoping. And then I'll everybody on Twitter will know. I'll be like, oh, my God, guys. Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> I like it. I'm going somewhere. This is great. But, you know, a lot of it, you can't get too, too excited because it's a lot of rejection. Yeah. So I like to yeah, be, I'm, I'm real about it. I'm like, listen, I got rejection letters and I'm not getting many more. It's going to well, be okay. Setting your, setting your expectations correctly is, is important for perseverance. Like, it's if, if you're expecting to be hit immediately every single time, like, you, your, your psyche, I feel like, can only take so much rejection if it's, yeah. not, it's in the wrong place place at the time you know what i mean before yeah. it's finally finally cracks and you're like i'm taking a 10-year break I'm taking, you know, <laughs> but just I, I took a long hiatus my first semester in, in vet school i did not touch writing at all and i was miserable um and uh, because yeah. i started i have um i started editing and going through it and then i just slowly was like ah, i don't have time for it i can't manage my life because of all of this other stuff that i have to do and you really got to feed it in and work yeah, at yeah. it because it does make you miserable when you're not doing it. Are you? Do you, you just like speed read? Can you like take a picture of a page with your brain <laughs> and then like remember? You know what I'm saying? Because it sounds like you have so much material that you have to go through. I can't imagine reading at the pace that I read. And I don't read. I'm not saying I read really slow, but like I can't imagine reading at that pace and taking in the amount of content that you have to take in on a daily, regular basis and like being able to function. Like, yeah, well, constantly doing work, constantly. It's hard. It, it is really hard. And one thing that the program that I'm in was really uh, like nice about was they weaned you into vet school. You had the easy class and then you hit into the real class and it was vet school. Um, 
So they kind of threw some stuff at you and then you started learning how to really get involved and really know how to study. Um, and it's, it's about knowing the professor, just like any other college course and stuff. But after after you get into the swing of things, which is kind of hard after break, when you're like, I can do anything I want, um, <laughs> you, you, you really know how to manage. Like I always say, by the time I'm done with the day, I start studying at five, I get done at nine, and the rest of the night is mine. And I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So yeah. you just can't get behind because you'll get behind fast and you'll drown. Right. Yeah. And it's so important to schedule that time where you have time for yourself and time to take a break because you have to give it. Yeah. You have to give your characters justice too with it and and really just do as much as you can for them. Yeah. Yeah. Spend time with them, edit, make it a good story because you want people to read it. I do. I want, I want to be the greatest author in the history of the world. (laughs) I have a list of, what? To get your book sent out in a space like they sent out music. Yeah, like when the world ends, yeah, you want yeah. that little rocket ship with the great works of human literature on there. Yeah. You want your book yeah. on it. That's yeah, my, I be, my I, eternal like, the, Part of the reason I write is because I'm afraid of dying and not nobody remembering that I was here. And then like, you haunt people. You're stuck in your house haunting people. The next couple that comes in, you're like haunting them. And then you're want, unhappy. I don't want to be a ghost. <laughs> I don't want to be a ghost either. I always tell my fiance, I'm like, if you die first, you cross over. You should be lingering. You get all, yeah, no yeah, regrets. Yeah. Yeah. No regrets. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got a, a list of the top 13 authors of all time hanging on my, my vision board. And it's thir- it's thirteen because that's the all that would fit on the page. At the very top is William Shakespeare. At four, he's got over four point five billion copies sold. So I'm I have my own little sheet of paper with my name on it below yeah, at the very bottom of the list. On it. Yeah, and I changed the number of books sold. Um, <laughs> How many books have you sold with the ones before? Only like I don't know, like forty something. Not, I mean. I published in October and November. Well, no, I'm sorry. November and December is when I published. published. So the books have only been out four months. I published a novella and then a novel. And the biggest thing, too, since you self-published is marketing. That's all on you. Because publishing houses, when you do traditional publishing, they do the marketing. They have the reach and everything else. That's why social media is so important, especially for people who self-publish. That you're like, hey, guys, I self-published. You don't want my book? You know, it's awesome. But it's Um, important. Not to be like, read my book, everybody. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. Um, before I met my fiance, I, I dated another author, and it was horrible because we both were, like, choking down each other's books. And I'm like, eat my yeah, book. And he's yeah. like, no, eat my book. And we always <laughs> flash. And yeah. I was like, is this how other people see me? Like, oh, my God. Like, I need to calm down. It's, and terrifying. Stop. it's terrifying because you don't want to. You, I'm sure you could talk an ear off with your book because I can. And I I really don't talk about it much. Um, I keep to myself. The only person I really talk about it with is my editor. Um, Just keep it. Well, here's what I've come to the realization of, and especially with the the YouTube channel, because this YouTube channel has, I started doing this a week ago, honestly, like interviewing authors. And I've got 40 plus authors uh, or people. That's so fun. Interviews through April. Yeah. Like I'm scheduled out through April with this. And it's like I don't. It's, it came to my attention that I don't have to chase people down to 
give them something valuable. The mm-hmm. value, like these conversations that I'm having with authors, with yourself and other people, are extremely valuable to people who are starting up in this mm-hmm. business and trying to build a, a, a career as a writer. This information is stuff that I had. I wish I had. Like, and yeah. I'm getting now. You know, I'm getting it now from talking to people. Like, as I'm interviewing you authors, I'm learning myself. But it's like that's what everybody's gonna have. Um, and I don't plan on stopping doing this because I think yeah. it's a great it platform. Yeah, it really is. And it helps you. This is how people learn now. The the yes. younger generation are all learning through YouTube, and, it, and yes. it's just a mind is mind. Also, for media. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really important to spread the knowledge because I think a lot of us are, are just getting out. Like we all start, we're self-taught most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, the, that's what, I, what I was saying was it's like, we don't have to chase people down. If we, if we believe that our work is valuable, we can talk to people about it without begging them to, yeah. you know what I mean? The, the, the audience will come um, as long as we're just true to our art form and, and true to what we're supposed to be doing. And like just helping other people, honestly, is the best way to, to to spread what you're about. Honestly, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, really. I found that out too. As soon as uh, I started helping other people out, especially on Twitter, I mean, it opened up a whole new world for me. I'm, I'm meeting so many great people. I met you. It's just like, it's fun to... It you say great people. <laughs> um, no, I did not. That'd be terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be really terrible. But no, like, it really, getting to help everyone, especially... It, when you knew you could have helped, needed that when you started out and you're like, my book is great. And it was awful. Um, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, uh, I uh. my first draft, like if I, if I get really like if my book does well, well, I would love to publish my first draft and be like, see guys, you can start out horribly and still end up here. It's so important to realize that, that we yeah. all suck in the beginning. Yeah, well, you're not. You don't know. I mean, a lot of people have natural talent to write, but sure. you're gonna fall into cliches. Yeah, the skill. I've, Will Smith said this uh, in an interview. <laughs> I love Big Willie style, but he said, you know, talent is God can, is like God gift, but skill is only developed over hours and hours of working on your craft. Yeah. And that's so true. Like I can be a very talented writer, and I can have extremely powerful segments of my book and powerful paragraphs or sentences but the story falls apart because it's like here's one three chapters later here's another one like wow there's so so much talent in this one sentence but like the whole rest of the thing is like completely muddled it gets muddled um one of the biggest things to clean up a manuscript is is getting rid of all the stuff that is completely unnecessary to the story you you want to have uh just the you can have a little bit of fun every once in a while but like minimize that to like a few dialogue sentences and you know so I, I learned that a lot because when I started editing my novel it was I think 126,000 words and I've since cut off 16,000 um per you know, editor and also I'm trying to get 100k so that my agent's like look at you you're because debut <laughs> novels need to be 100 um right. at max max for fantasy um, and that's what mine is. So it's kind of like I'm pushing it. And some people do uh, push it and they, they make they're successful. But you kind of just want to hedge your bets the best you can. Um, but it's all about packing in as much value in every in every word yeah. as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm you want to make everything compact and concise. Yeah. 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 
and that's a, that's another thing with like reading query letter letters and like looking into those like being as absolutely concise as possible with the message you're trying to convey and and trying to convey that in like 300 to 400 words it's impossible like, it's mind-boggling i don't understand how people do it it's really hard and i i've done multiple query letters my first one was ridiculous um thick was a lot of words um and and then my editor's like whoa no <laughs> you yeah. need to like not do you, you wrote a book yes but don't write a book for your query and i'm like okay so it's it's really hard to they're like you've written this hundred thousand word book summarize it in hundred and you're like yeah. i can't do that but you have to and if you do it really well um, like I have books that um, go over query letters and agents' responses to them. If you hook that agent in a hundred words, they will be so impressed and they will read your novel. And they do give you chances. Like uh, at the conference that I went and they did the first page um, challenge where like you would submit your first page and they would read through it and they would stop like halfway through or yeah. like at, like immediately if they hated it. But they would give feedback and one of the feedback was was like, if the first page is kind of like bad, but they liked what the story is about in the query, they'll continue reading. But if the query is bad and the first page is bad, no. It's game over, yeah. Bye. Yeah. I have 300 more documents to go through today. So it's like, not <laughs> yes. today, but like they get a lot of submissions. Yeah. yeah That's why yeah. they're so um, cutthroat. Have you uh, heard of the book Wired for Writing? Yes, I have. Yeah, so I've been reading that. It's a... It's what actually it made me go back and change the beginning of my book that I wrote, um, I just published, but because it's so important that hook, yeah, that you're like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Did I hook you with what I wrote? I really want to see if he writes the best story in the world. Like I am so ready. He keeps talking about, it, keeps getting interrupted. I'm like, where can this go? So yeah, I'm very interested. It in is that. nuts. The story's nuts. Let me just tell you that. It's if you've seen videos, you know that I'm kind of nuts. So, and I if I don't if I'm not entertained, I'm not gonna write it. So, it's from what I've heard from the people I've let read is that it's at the very least extremely entertaining. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> hey, I, you want entertaining? You really do. You don't want to be yeah. boring. Um, that's right. Especially with what, what you're going through. Yeah. No, I, no, you'll be fine. We'll we'll get through it. You'll get all my edits. It's gonna be great. We'll that's we'll right, get you right. there. Okay. Okay. All right. I want to give you something. Or I want to present something oh, yeah. to you. Okay. I want to get your opinions on it since you are the mother of dragons. Yay. I like to draw arts. Ooh. And I like, I love dragons. Um, so this first thing, I, you've probably seen it. It's in one of my other interviews, but this is my dragon dagger. Yes. Can you? I can see it. That's awesome. What type of dragon would you? Is this like a, Is this similar to a dragon you would see in your story? So he's a little long for me, but he looks very regal. <laughs> my yes. um, my female dragon. One of my female dragons is very beautiful, regal, um, the ice dragon. So uh, like she kind of has that really like long face like that. So it could be a water dragon. I don't know. I mean, a leviathan kind of go around with that. Water dragon. All right. This is something I drew. Uh, in pencil well i sketched two other dragons um and this might be hard to see but it's because it's on lined paper um but this is my other dragon can you oh my god that's awesome he is muscly i wouldn't he's, mess with him 
Yeah, he did. He did some P ninety X. He is beefy. I'm like, that is some. He's got. He's got a hell of a tail too. I don't know if you see that tail. Yeah, that tail is really nice. I can't draw. Like my stick figures are like horrible. Oh, and... I'm terrible. This is like I don't know how this happened. Trust me, I have no clue. <laughs> That's cute. I like it. Yeah. What uh, is he a fire dragon? I th- yeah, all my dragons are fire. Fire, fire breeds. I I didn't know there were other kinds. <laughs> I was, yeah, under, I, I, I was unaware of the other species of dragons. I once had a discussion with somebody who didn't believe me that dinosaurs had feathers. And I was like, listen, so can dragons. Like, yeah, exactly. So my dragons have feathers sometimes. Well, like uh, the dragon from NeverEnding Story, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and this is the last one. Uh, I let my uh, six-year-old color it because... I don't know. Because it was a sketch at first, but... So this is this. That's adorable. He's starting to make a green dragon, so uh, like a he earth dragon. Green, yeah, but it was a regularly a pencil, pencil sketch. Can you can you make it out? Yeah, I can make it out. I like his wings. He's muscly too. Dra- I imagine dragons to be very strong creatures. <laughs> yeah. They were all. It was a steroid era for dragons. <laughs> yeah. Well, he they looks were, good. They were all hitting home runs. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for so sure. So I wanted to show you those because you're the mother of dragons. I wanted to get your opinion on what you think of my dragons. Okay. You, so so you wanna... wanted, what do you think of them? Are they, acceptable? Well, Are they acceptable dragons, mother? I would say they're acceptable dragons. Very, very muscly, and I would not tussle with them, for sure. I bet they could throw a strong punch. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. okay. <laughs> so your dragons aren't... aren't beefy creatures like that they're they're more or less i I would say more i mean i haven't thought about them being beefy but the ones like kind of slender and more because she's water and you know more slender like that like the the chinese version of dragons you know what i mean like the Uh, i do have one like that yes um i I wanted to incorporate that a little bit because i have four uh that i kind of wanted to go at so yeah i watched that as a kid yeah, I had two <laughs> brothers, so uh, we watched we we watched like uh, all the mech shows and everything. We pretended to be mechs, and it was fun. And also, mm-hmm. we went crayfish catching in like the woods. I grew up in country, so, like I'm a country girl. So country. yeah, I'm I'm from the country. So nice little wooded area, and it was wonderful. So I I grew up as a tomboy. Didn't know I was a girl for a very long time. Um, <laughs> so I was I was with my brothers. Yeah, one of that's cool. Um, so, all right. Your legacy. I ask everybody this question. What legacy do you want to leave the world with your writing? I definitely want to leave them with uh, a story that gets them thinking um, about kind of like what's going on in fantasy. This world actually could happen. I, I made all the processes in my story something plausible so that it could happen and get them thinking about what's out there, maybe the creation story a little bit. And I just want to leave them with a slight sense of that's a cute romance too. So get a little happy story in there. And I really this 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 manuscript it has series potential. I want to leave. It will be five books. Um, oh, I want to wow. leave those. That. that it will be my masterpiece. Otherwise, I'll start working on other stuff um, yeah. that I've thought through the years. But this one has been with me since I was a kid. So my legacy is them. The dragon. The dragon. 
The dragons, yeah. I wonder what uh, if if I do get published. I wonder which dragon you would like. To, uh, I'll definitely let you know. I'll be like, oh my god, you need to get it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like sign copy. I want, yeah, I want to sign copy. Uh, I'll, is, I'll get a sign copy. You you can send this out to your literary agent, your publisher. They can use this interview for press because it's such a professional, amazing. Interview. Thank you. You did a yeah. fantastic job. Thank you. You're yeah, a pleasure. It, talk to it, yeah it was a pleasure talking to you too we had fun yeah it was it was great i um i'm gonna link uh your stuff the your twitter and all that kind of stuff and awesome. you have like so i, I want to link the the um heroic fantasy quarterly magazine too is there a link on your page with that yeah or? yeah especially like if you just go on and you 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 type in the name and then you just copy the url in the, right. in the top yeah that that would be perfectly fine i i don't have a link on my twitter but um i sense the name i mean it comes right up um okay. so if you wanted to do that that'd be fine is there anything else for you on, in the in the video like what to, is there anything else you want me to leave for the community in the video the, to get in touch with you, or is Twitter the best way to? Twitter's the best way because um, whenever I, I get people wanting to um, write to me, I give them my email, just like I gave you my email in, in a DM. So I, I like having that a little more private, so I don't uh, get bombarded. But whenever I do get reached out to, and whenever I reach out to an author that really interests me, um, then I'll give them my email and be like, "Give me a, give me a, something to read," because you guys sound awesome. Awesome, awesome. Great. Arian, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on the Udawebs interview show. Woo! We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.